Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's up, fight fans? Welcome to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. It is a damn good time around here, and I am ready to rock and roll. I hope everybody had a fantastic Thanksgiving holiday with their families and their loved ones. I certainly did. Man, I ended up driving to Vegas the day after Thanksgiving with my family. We stayed at the MGM which we rarely do. We, we rarely say it at the MGM. So, I, you know, it was already kind of a, a a fun-spirited drive, which also we hardly do. We usually fly over to Vegas or, you know, usually uh, my family and me, we, we fly over, we meet up, or it's me and my wife that go to Vegas or me and my friends that go to Vegas. I actually haven't been to Vegas just with me and my family and my sister included in quite some time. And we went to shows. We we sports bet, gambled the whole weekend. Michigan, Ohio State. It was a great freaking NFL weekend with the Falcons taking down the Saints in Atlanta. Man, we were on fire. And it, it was a fantastic weekend. It, it's one of those weekends where it'll be in my memory for a very long time because there was just no bad news. You know, everybody was winning. Everybody was having a good time. The food was fantastic. It was great to see my family members and, you know, just chomp down that turkey, cook all the sides, eat all the sides, you know, eat the pies. And now I just feel fat as hell, you know, but it's all good, baby. It's all good. We're going to hit the gym. We're going to hit those laps. We're going to go hit the basketball court. You know, we're going to get inside the octagon, roll around, sweat, you know, break some sweat. We're going to have a damn good time. And, and the show today is fantastic. Like I said, we we have big-time MMA events and boxing events coming up with UFC Austin, big-time card. Armin Sarkouyan, Benil Daryush is the main event. Also, Bare Knuckle FC, 56, Eddie Alvarez, Mike Perry, Jimmy Rivera is on this card against Jeremy Stevens. Beck Rawling is going to go after Justine Ferreira again for the championship belt. Man, last time I went to a Bare Knuckle FC event, I actually saw Fededa against Beck Rawlings, and I saw Fededa destroy Beck Rawlings. Hey, man, we're going to jump into this Bare Knuckle FC fight card. I'm going to give you some of my best bets, and it's time for UFC Vegas, Austin. It's going to be a great time. I actually have Minty Betts. That's right, Minty Betts, the betting queen from Yahoo Sports. Yeah, Minty Betts, she's going to jump on the show. We're going to get her best bets for UFC Austin, and I think she's even going to be gracious enough to bless us with her NFL picks that she has lined up for us. You know, Minty's been on fire this year in all of the gambling world. The F1, the NFL, MMA. You know, you constantly see her behind the UFC giving out her best bets on UFC telecasts. 
uh, for her for her for her MMA picks. So it's gonna be great to have her on hit the bell and get her picks before the fight card uh, this Saturday in Austin. But nonetheless, man, let's jump on this card. Let's start breaking down this card. And, and I have some fun fights circled on this card. And it starts in the prelims, man. Wellington Terman against Jared Gooden. I finally think it's time for Wellington Terman to get on the winner's sheet. And I've seen this guy improve lately. And, and I know that the results haven't translated on the winner's side, you know, on the L's and the W's because we've seen him on a two-fight losing skid, losing to Andre Petrosky and, lo and losing to Randy Brown. Two excellent fighters. You know, Terman, though, ha has looked good in these fights that he's gone down in, in my opinion. I know he's lost decisions, but he's improved. And I think finally he gets on the winner's circle against Jared Gooden. You know, another guy who's a freestyle type of fighter. You don't really know what you're going to get. He's a powerful guy. But I think Terman takes this to the ground. I think he gets his fight to the ground and he lives on the ground. And he finally, you know, finally gets a fight where he could show, you know, his strengths. He's going to show his wrestling. He's going to show... He's going to show his work that he's had with Glover Teixeira and Alex Pereira. He comes from a great camp, so I think it's finally time for Terman to, to get in that winning circle. And, and I think he wins this fight via decision. Also, a big-time fight, Ihor Pereira, the Ukrainian, against Rodolfo Bellato. Uh, Rodolfo Bellato, the number is a little inflated at minus 400, I think. I think Pereira uh, at plus 300. Man, that is a nice number, I'd have to say. This guy is a knockout artist. You know, either he gets knocked out or he does the knocking out. And in his last fight against Ulberg, you know, Ulberg came out lightning quick, landed a big shot, destroyed Potato, uh, loses via TKO. But now Potato's in this uh, in this fight against a big guy who's just not as fast as Ulberg. So, you know, so I, I do think that Potato is actually going to land the shot in here. And might win this fight, you know, plus 300 is an inflated number for a guy who's a knockout artist. And especially against a guy who's coming into what? I think it's his first UFC event. You know, the, the I'm not going to consider the Contender Series, uh, you know, a real UFC event. That is a big time fight, you know, big time uh, pressure with this fight. But it's simply not the same thing, especially when you go fight in a place like Austin. You know, where, where the stands are going to be filled up for the prelims. You know, this is going to be a fun fight card to be a part of for all these fighters because the energy is going to be electric. You know, when you go to these types of events that aren't in Las Vegas, that aren't at the Apex Center, you know, and at, they're at these arenas where they're just UFC hungry, they're MMA hungry. Man, these people are ready to go. They're ready, they're ready to rock and roll. So, you know, I think the jitters might get to the Bellotto a little bit right here. I do think that he's not going to fight like his normal self. And I think Potato, this is a chance where he gets, you know, to take advantage uh, of a person who's not ready to fight in a big-time environment. I might be wrong. You know, Bellotto might go in there and destroy Potato, you know, but I, I don't. I, I like this number. If the number was closer, I, I wouldn't like Potato as much. But to see plus 300, it's just so hard to ignore. It, it really is, especially when a guy's a knockout artist. Uh, but this is going to be a fun fight, you know. It's all about the walkouts. It's all about the walkouts, in my opinion, when it comes to these types of fights early on the prelims to see who's ready to engage in a firefight. I went to a UFC card and I sat cage side and I, and I and I was gracious and I was lucky enough to sit next to Jerry Prochaska's manager slash best friend. You know, this this guy was awesome to talk to for a fight card. You know, we were talking about every single fight before the fight started. He was telling me what the things that he looks for in a fight, especially prior 
to a fight starting, and he always engaged in the walkout. You know, what a fighter looks like before he walks out of the tunnel when they're kind of getting the signal to, you know, walk, don't walk, walk, don't walk. You know, that that's how it works. You know, the guys are in the back getting ready to fight. They warm up. Then they go and they wait for their entrance. And that's where the UFC people tell them, okay, go, five, four, three, two, one, walk, walk. You know, your entrance is about to start. You hear your music, you start walking. And that is when you learn so much of when a fighter's ready to rock and roll. You know, it's when he's ready to engage in a fight. You know, all that hard work and preparation. Are you ready to rock? You know, forget the words, forget the men, you know the mental warfare. You know, once it's time to fight, it's time to fight. All those other things get thrown out the window. And that's when you see a fighter really start to get nervous or really start to, to question his ability in his fight that he's about to get in. And, I, and, I've, and I've actually won a lot of fights betting on guys where I see, you know, a different type of, of pit bull, you know, standing in the sides, ready to jump in that octagon. And a good example of this is uh, when Kai Carl France knocked out Cody Garbrandt. You know, Cody Garbrandt came out the We Will Rock You. He looked ready to rock, you know, in the new division that he was dropping in weight down to. But then I looked down to the side and I saw Kai Carl France. And he had that dog in him, man. He looked like he was ready to destroy somebody in the back. He was not breaking eye contact with Cody Garbrandt, you know, standing in the tunnel. Cody was running around in the octagon doing his whole thing. And and Kai Carl France was just locked in. You know, it, it was different. You know, for, forget the fireworks. Forget all the other nonsense outside of fighting. The cameras weren't even on Kai Carl France just yet. I was just looking at him. And he was just laser focused you could tell that he was going to fight angry and he was a plus 160 underdog in that fight you know kai carl france was the dog and he didn't look like the dog prior to the fight going on man he looked like he was a favorite and he was pissed off that he was a dog and that's exactly what transpired in the fight he landed a big shot he wasn't afraid to get in there he wasn't afraid to trade with cody garbrandt who was once known as one of the greatest boxers you know, in the division, in the bantamweight division, when he was actually the champion and knocked out Dominic Cruz. You know, it's just, it's a different ball game when you're about to exchange in a firefight and what's going to happen, you know, before you get in the cage. And and that's what I'm going to look for in this fight between Potato and Bellato is who has that look of, of anger? Who's ready to go in there and win a fight? And, and, and I'm going to be paying close attention to that come Saturday. Jakar Close is on this card, man. I love watching Jakar Close fight. And now he's fighting Joe Selecki. Close at minus 130. I'm liking Close at minus 130 right now. You know, this guy likes to engage. He hasn't fought in quite some time. Last time we saw him fight was in July 30th of 2022. So it's been quite some time since we've seen Close fight in, in the octagon. And, man, this guy's fun to watch. You know, he's he's won a good amount of fights as well. He's won five out of his last six fights. His last loss coming to Benil Daryush. In May, in March seventh of twenty twenty, I was actually at that fight, and Close almost knocked out Darius, but Darius came to you know came back and, and won that fight. You know, this is a fun fight for Close, a guy who's ex an exciting, exciting fighter. You know, against Joe Selecki, who's also a good fighter, great, great jujitsu. Joe Selecki, if he if he takes his fight to the ground, Selecki has a chance to win this fight, I think. But uh, I, I like Close. I like his aggressive his aggressive approach. To the fight, I think he lands. He's an accurate striker. He's a powerful guy. I think he lands on Selecki and changes this fight around once he starts to land. You know, one of my favorite fights picks of this card is Julia Avila, the Mexican, taking on Misha Tate. The transformation that Julia Avila has had uh, in the last year has been tremendous. You know, she looks ready to rock and roll. She is fearless. I thought Misha Tate should have stayed retired. 
And that's nothing against, you know, uh, when a when a fighter should retire or, you know, Misha Tate needs to make money. Yeah, when she fights, people watch. You know, the former bantamweight champion of the world who submitted Holly Holm. You know, she has so much history in the UFC and in the world of MMA, especially in her big-time battles against Ronda Rousey. But this is not 2012. This is not 2008. This is not 2015. You know, we're in 2023. And when I look at... And, and we're going back to that keyword, hungry. You know, who's hungry right now? And I see Julia Avila, hungry as hell to fight Misha Tate. And I see her as a good, good, good winner at minus 135. Can't wait. Also, Punahela Soriano, the Hawaiian, who now resides in Las Vegas. Man, the homie, minus 330 against Dustin Stolfus. I think Puna gets the job done and finishes Dustin. It's going to be a badass fight. Really excited to see my boy Puna get in the octagon and snap this losing streak that he is on, man. This guy is a wrestler. He can take the fight to the ground. He's not afraid to, to engage in a firefight. You know, big-time fighter, big-time power, especially in that right hand. You know, he is the thunder god, man. You you don't want to hit that right hand because you're going to be hit with that thunderstruck, baby. So I think Puna gets his job done. I'm taking the under one and a half in this fight. And yeah, damn good time coming up. Another badass fight that's coming up is Sean Brady versus Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin Gastelum is finally in shape. Man, he's fighting in the welterweight division. He dropped down in weight. He did the hard work. You could tell that he's ripped. And when I mean he's ripped, he has a two-pack. And the fact that Kelvin Gastelum has a two-pack says something. <laughs> you know why? Because that means he's hit the gym. I never thought I would see any pack on Kelvin Gastelum. He loves his burritos. He loves his tacos. But he also likes to fight. And that's why I like Kelvin Gastelum. You know, six-pack or not, this guy likes to bang, baby. And that's why he went all five rounds with Israel Adesanya when that when he was in peak form. And now I see a more dangerous Kelvin Gastelum. I see a guy who's who's laser-focused, who's taken, you know, this fight to the top. You know, he's, ta he's taking this right now. And we're going to see the best version of Kelvin Gastelum come Saturday in Austin against Sean Brady. Sean Brady, great, great, great wrestler. Loves to take the fight to the ground. Uh, a good fighter overall. But at the same time, Kelvin Gastelum is a guy who has great takedown defense. He's a natural He's a natural wrestler. You know, that's his bread and butter. And, and, but the thing is, you know, Kelvin Gastelum could strike, bro. And that's the thing, man. This guy will land against Sean Brady. And I think Sean Brady will get knocked out yet again. Sean Brady was finished in his last fight when he fought Bilal Muhammad. You know, Bilal was intense. He brought the pressure. You know, he was stuffing the takedowns. And once we saw Brady kind of gas out and feel that pressure, he was going for those takedowns, and he had no other answer. You know, he had no response for Bilal. And when uh, and when the pressure gets hot, you know, when it gets hot in the kitchen, we know what Brady's going to do. And he's going to go for those takedowns. He's going to want to get the fight to the ground. But, the, you know, the work that I've seen Gastelum put in, you know, the, the, his body, his frame of work, you know he's ready for this type of match. You know, could Sean win the first round? Absolutely. It's rounds two and three where I don't think Sean Brady's going to win. And I think Gastelum will connect. You know, Gastelum has that power, and I'm excited to see the work pay off. I'm, I'm a firm believer in hard work pays off, especially when you have a major transformation like Kelvin Gastelum did, man. Like, this guy looks rip. He looks ready to rock. I've never seen him look like this, and I'm excited to see, you know, this version of Kelvin Gastelum. In the octagon. Man, we got three more fights to break down. But I got to wait for Minty Betts. Because Minty Betts, these are these, these are her picks. Davidson Figueredo, Rob Font, Bobby Green, Jalen Turner, Armand Sarukin, Benil Dariush. It's all there, baby. And we're ready to rock. But before we get there, I got to give you guys a little side note. We had some drama 
with Armin Sarukian and Bobby Green at the Fighters Hotel. You know, Sarukian went up to Bobby Green, got in his face, you know, asked him, why are you talking shit, bro? Why are you talking shit? And then Bobby Green got up and got in his face and told him, I don't play like that. You know, we can do whatever you want. We can do it here. You can do wherever you want to go. And then, you know, Bobby Green kind of shoves Sarukian a little bit. You know, not a massive push, but just kind of a push telling him to get out of his face and tell it to, and told him to get his boys, Sarukian's boys, out of his face because they were all surrounding Bobby Green. It was very uh, Khabib Artem Lobov-like. You know, when Khabib went up to Artem Lobov before the fight, you know, put him against the wall, gave him a quick little slap, told him to watch his mouth. It, it was very bullyish from Sarukian and his crew. But Bobby Green ain't no slouch, man. Bobby Green isn't afraid of a nothing. And, and this guy is vicious, man. You know, this guy takes no shit from nobody. You know, I remember Bobby Green at the fights, man. He had a look like he would destroy anybody, anytime, anywhere. And, and that's exactly the same type of look that Bobby Green gave Armin Sarukian uh, at the hotel lobby, you know, at the fighter's hotel when Sarukian and his crew got in his face. But with that said, we have Minty Betts. That's right, Minty Betts coming up around the corner. It's time to break down this card even more. The main event, the co-main event. Let's get giddy with Minty Betts. We'll be back right after this. Minty Betts is coming up. Y'all stay tuned. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's up, fight fans? Welcome back to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. We are rolling, man. We've been breaking down UFC Austin from top to bottom, but I told you guys we had a special treat coming up right around the corner, and she is here, Minty Betts from Yahoo Sports. Yeah, that's right. Minty Betts has joined Hit the Bell. We are ready to break down the top card of the UFC, the main event, the co-main event, and whatever else she wants to give us. But without further ado, let's welcome Minty Betts right now. 
Woo! Minty Betts is on the show. What's up, Minty? Hi, Matias. That is like the most awesome intro I've gotten ever in my life. So thank you, thank you. I'm so excited for uh, UFC Austin. This is a banger of a card, very underrated. Uh, I absolutely love that UFC puts on such great fight night cards when they're out of Vegas. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping for a good a good night. Yeah, you know what? You make a good point. Now that they're not in Vegas, you know, you have to be moving around in your city, getting ready for the fights. They're finally on television, you know, in a different city in Austin. You know, right before I had you on, I was telling the fans that whenever these cards go to different cities, you know, like Austin or like, you know, uh, like Knoxville, Tennessee, or, or you know, anywhere in, in the country, in, in Colorado, or, you know, wherever you want to go, it seems like the fans get there early. You know, the, the early prelims, they're stacked with fans. You know what I mean? Everybody's hungry for some MMA. Yeah, you got to be because, you know, UFC picks and chooses their cities very, very carefully. They're very selective. So if you want to make a fight in your city or a nearby city, you got to go from start to finish. And it's a long day slash night, but it's so awesome. It's, it's so worth it. Well, you're located in Las Vegas, and, you know, that is a very fun city to be a sports gambler and to be a prop queen like you are, just killing the game in every other way that you possibly can kill it. But let me ask you this, you know, how was this past weekend in Las Vegas for, you know, your Thanksgiving with your family, but also the big time games that you got to be at the sports book for, you know, Ohio State, Michigan, F1 was in town. You know, it seems like Vegas has not been sleeping for quite some time, but when does it ever sleep, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, Las Vegas is always working overtime. Uh, Thanksgiving week was great for me. I, you know, I vaguely remember the Thanksgiving games. I just remembered enjoying them and I did win a little bit of money. Uh, as for F1 weekend, man, the past year has just been so crazy in Las Vegas with the construction and all the rules and the fees and it's just kind of been a nightmare. But now that we've got our first F1 race, you know, uh, under, you know, under wraps, um, it's been good. I think it was pretty successful. The race itself, I'm not sure how many of your listeners watch Formula One racing, but the race itself was amazing. There were like, I think the second or the third most overtakes in, you know, the calendar year. So that was really exciting. Uh, of course, Max Verstappen won. He's the champion. And uh, yeah, I'm excited for them to, to come back. And a kind of fun fact, but not really fun for me, is that all the construction, all the grandstands and the lights and everything, they're still up on the strip. And they said it's going to take eight weeks to tear down, which I'm like, you know what? My idea is I think you should keep them up, sell those seats for New Year's Eve and just have people watch the fireworks from the stands, sell some hot chocolate, some hot toddies, and just make even more money. I mean, you already like angered all the citizens with with all this construction and all these obstructions you might as well just make more money off of it <laughs> well that's a bright idea you know you're, you're onto something right there why not make some more money and give some people some comfort <laughs> while they watch some fireworks in yeah. vegas what a, a quick question for you on the f1 because the news before the actual like race started you know the actual race itself was mm -hmm. we saw the cars uh, not able to race because of the holes that were on the streets that they never got covered up. You know how big of a how big of a thing was that? And when you when you first saw that pop up in the news, what what was your reaction to that? Since since you're so heavy on F1, the, my first reaction was that is such an embarrassment because that is on the city of Las Vegas to have perfected everything. I think we had a really really short timeline from the moment that we knew that we were going to host this race to the time you know to until. Uh, practice one. So that was awful because it damaged like a multi-million dollar car. 
And yeah, that, that just was not good. And, you know, guests were incredibly like infuriated because they paid so much money to watch practice. Not only that, but it was like late. It was like midnight here. So they were tired. They were hungry. They were cold and they were frustrated. They didn't get to see what they paid for. So hopefully we can tighten things up and clean things up and be a little bit smoother in the following years, 10 years. Um, but yeah, that was that was huge. I honestly thought that race weekend might you know, could have possibly been canceled, but I'm glad it wasn't. You know, I, I'm an amateur F1 follower, I'd say. So when I saw the news, I thought the same thing. I said, oh, my God. <laughs> like, could you imagine if this race doesn't happen now after the long wait? You know, I've worked with Gabriel Morenzi on Sports Rage Late Night on Sirius XM 159 for quite some time. And, and he's big time into F1. So I knew about this race you know, when it pretty much first came out because he wouldn't stop talking about it, you know, the planning that goes behind it. So I, it, I wanted to get your take on, you know, what actually transpired beforehand. And you, like you said, it's embarrassing. So I think I would I would say the same thing if, if I was on your shoes, you know, as heavy of a follower I am in other things like if like you are with F1. So that's crazy. But I'm, I'm glad the, the race took place and I can't wait for it to happen again in Vegas. You know, I know that Verstappen called it a clown show because, you know, it's pretty much yeah. like it was a show for the fans. But to tell you the truth, it was actually pretty cool, in my opinion, to actually see the race and to see the lights, but also the amount of new fans that I think the, that the sport actually gained for actually doing it in Vegas, especially in the States. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my, like, one top rant for this whole Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix race is that the point of expanding to another city in the U.S. was to you know, grab the attention of new fans and make it accessible for, you know, people on the West Coast of the United States to possibly see this race, but it was so expensive and it was on so late. Like, only the fans in Europe and Asia could watch, but they weren't going to watch because they really don't think that the Las Vegas Grand Prix is a real race. And just like what you said about Max Verstappen, like a lot of true F1 fans, especially in Europe, are thinking that this is a clown show and this is just for the money. And I kind of agree with them. I mean, the race itself, gorgeous. I think it's one of my favorite tracks now. Mexico is another one of my favorite tracks, but I, I just I just love that circuit. It, it looks so good, but I think Las Vegas needs to do a better job of, you know, tending to the guests and and not trying to hike those prices so high to just accommodate to the rich i think locals should be able to watch it and i think you know i think they should do something for the employees of the hotels and casinos too so that's my only a couple of my concerns is the time and the the money awesome awesome i had to ask you some f1 stuff because i don't have a lot of uh you know top tier f1 guests come on my show and since you are a top tier f1 guest you know we had to get the best out of you we are talking to minty bets by the way you can follow her on twitter at minty at minty bets she is with the yahoo sportsbook you can find her at the venetian at the yahoo sportsbook always throwing down making new fans it's a joy to be around minty that's for damn sure can't you tell because we are rolling on hit the bell with me matthias babel right now but it's time it's time for ufc austin let's get to it it's a fun card it's a violent card i'd have to say you know any single time my friend punahelo soriano fights on this uh, on any fight card i'm extra into it and you i could i could easily say that this card i'm extra into it right now because it's fun man but you know the main event benil daryush against armin sarukian jalen turner bobby green the co-main event rob font davison figueredo could be a main event on a lot of other fight cards you know that's true you know let's break down these three fights right now because they're a blast man it's this is a fun fun card you know out of those three fights actually which one intrigues you the most okay 
the co-main event intrigues me the most Jalen Turner versus Bobby Green like that is one that I have had circled since since Bobby Green was just originally on the card with his other opponent but you know Jalen Turner stepping in I really really like this one although I will have to say that I may not have a strong bet for it but I think that one is going to be an absolute banger absolutely the last time we saw Jalen Turner fight in the octagon mentee you know he lost to Dan Hooker you know, and this was a fight where he was a pretty big favorite in that fight. And that's the fight where uh, where where Turner actually broke uh, Hooker's arm. And Hooker ends up winning the fight with a broken arm. You know, Hooker was supposed to be on this card, actually. But the broken arm took him out of the fight card. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy to how, how everything's transpired. You know, do you see any value towards Bobby Green at plus 170? You know, Bobby Green, this guy actually stole money from me in, in his last fight. I actually had Grant Dawson in parlays, which is so stupid of me because I told myself to stop putting in minus 500, you know, favorites in parlays, but I was just clicking away. I was clicking away, and I'm like, oh, Grant Dawson can't lose. And guess what? Grant Dawson gets knocked the hell out by Bobby Green. So, you know, it was something crazy. I'm just thinking to myself, can Bobby Green do it again? Could he connect against against a guy like Jalen Turner who who has shown to to kind of have some flaws once he gets hit? You know what I mean? Like it's not like this guy's a perfect fighter by any means. Yeah, so I have a lot of traumatic memories as well. I had Jalen Turner in a parlay against Dan Hooker. That definitely did not go as expected. And I, I'm with you there. I had Grant Dawson against Bobby Green with that fight night a few a few months ago. And I had Grant Dawson by, I believe, submission. So that just was just in the trash very early. Um, but yeah, I really, really want to bet on Bobby Green. I mean, but I, I am scared to put money on him right now just because of recency bias. I mean, he looked great against Grant Dawson and Grant Dawson definitely should have won that fight had, you know, things not transpired the way they did. Um, and, you know, Jalen Turner coming off of two losses is a, is a bit of a concern. Uh, but like I said, everything tells me to take Bobby Green at plus money. I mean, plus 170, that's not bad at all for how he recently looked. Uh, although, I will have to throw in a nugget that Bobby Green is hitting at a 40% clip as an underdog, which obviously is not too good, but now he's going up against a guy on short notice. I mean, fighters who are on short notice only have a win rate of about... 32%. So it's like, I mean, numbers wise, stats wise, that it doesn't look good for either side. But if I had to bet, I would probably put money on Bobby Green. There's so much value with him there. I'm with you. No, I'm with you. And I, and I love the percentages that you just brought out. You know, everybody was talking about Jalen Turner and the massive weight cut that he had to go through. He barely made weight today. You know, it took him a second attempt. But he even talked, you know, in his pre fight meetings, you know, over the week how it was going to be hard to make weight and how it's not fun to, to, and that the UFC kind of forced him to take this fight. They offered him more money the second time around because he declined the fight the first time around. You know, with all those things being in the mix, Minty, plus 170 is looking brighter and brighter after everything we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if we're too scared to, to put money down on a fighter, I think there's a, a bit of value on this fight to finish inside the distance as well. I mean, I'm seeing on uh, DraftKings by knockout, just anyone to knock anyone out is plus 140. I think this could possibly get finished early. Someone's going to get clipped with something, and I think it's going to be Bobby Green to get Jalen Turner. 
My God, I think you actually just gave us a play right there. Really, <laughs> plus plus 140, anybody to get knocked out. I think that's a better play than anything, to tell you the truth. Man, because you're right, picking the side right now is tough because I like Turner, I like Green, but mm-hmm. I'm with you. I don't think this is making it to the bell. Somebody's getting knocked out. Plus 140, Minty just gave us out. Anybody to get knocked out on DraftKings right there, guys. That's fantastic stuff that we're getting from Minty Betts. We're not done right. We're not done yet either, guys, because Rob Font takes on Davis and Figueredo. You know, this is like a, a triple co-main. You know, forget the co-main. We have two co-mains. This is also a co-main event in my book. Rob Font, Davis, and Figueredo. Figueredo going up in weight. The former flyweight champion of the world. You know, the guy that everybody was afraid to fight before he got knocked out. You know, I, I was even afraid to fight him. And I'm triple his size, Minty. You know, Davis and Figueredo is a force to be reckoned with. But Rob Font is an excellent fighter. And I think this is a really tough fight for Figueredo right out of the gates into a new division. You know, Rob Font knows how to knock people out. You know, that's for damn sure. And he and he is, you know, in the top tier of the division, in my opinion. Do you think Figueredo gets the job done at plus 110? Okay, so this is a really tricky fight because they are so closely matched. And, and both have had, you know, they've been on a skid. They've had more losses than wins recently. Um, with Rob, he's one of the best technical strikers. He's got speed. He's got durability. And Davis and Figueredo, there's so many unknowns. Like you mentioned earlier, moving up in weight, we don't know you know, what is going to transfer with this move up in weight and what he needs to work on. But overall, he is such a well-rounded fighter. And another unknown is that we really haven't seen him fight anyone in the last three years other than Brandon Moreno. So him going up against a whole new opponent with, you know, in a whole new weight class is such an unknown. And and the price is very, very tempting because I believe this could possibly be a pick But I think I am leaning font, but my best bet for this is going to be over two and a half rounds at minus 125 because ultimately both can stand and trade punches, both can keep a steady and and technical pace, and both can keep their distance really well. So I think this could possibly go all the way to decision, but just to be safe, I, I like the over two and a half in this one with a lean on font. You know, I, I like the over two and a half as well with you. That, that's a great pick you just gave out. It's a scary fight nonetheless, but when I, when I look at Figueredo and it's it kind of brings me back to Conor McGregor when Conor McGregor was the featherweight champion of the world and he you know he went through that ladder just knocking people out with that left hand because he was just powerful he could take the punches that featherweights could throw at him I think this is another example of a guy who who made a living in a, in a division because he was able to take their punches you know what I mean he lived in that division because he was able to make the weight I think when you have a guy like Conor McGregor and Davison Figueredo who are fighting, let's be honest, they're fighting out of their weight class. You know, they're not supposed to be, they're not supposed to, you know, McGregor wasn't supposed to fight in the featherweight division, but he was a freak of nature who was able to make that type of weight. You know, a lot of guys just can't make that weight. You know, he was gifted from God to be able to make that weight. And same with Figueredo. You know, Figueredo is not a guy who was supposed to be fighting in the flyweight division, in my opinion. You know, I think naturally he is a bantamweight, but he took advantage of his body. He took advantage of that God-given skill, which is he's able to cut that much weight and he became champion. You know, when those guys hit Figueredo, Figueredo would just keep walking forward. Remember when he fought Joseph Benavidez? It's not many times where we've seen a guy like Joseph Benavidez, you know, walk into an octagon with some sort of fear. And any mm-hmm. single time you saw Benavidez fight Figueredo, it, it looked like he was walking into that fight with fear, knowing that this guy is just more powerful than he is and that he can't get punched because if he gets punched, he's going to go down and he's going to go to sleep. And I think in this, in this type of fight where Figueredo is going to go up in weight to fight a guy like Rob Font, I think he's going to lose, you know, th- that gift that he had, which is able to fight the way that he fights 
without getting hurt, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, that does make sense. And, and you're totally right. Davison Figueredo is a scary opponent to go up against. And we know he has so much power. So I think moving up in weight, he's going to have even more power. I think that will transfer with him. And with this line essentially just so close to each other, why not take Davison Figueredo at plus 110? I mean, this could be, I don't want to say like a comeback, but this could be just the turn of a new leaf for him. But again, I'm leaning font. I wouldn't be surprised if Figueredo won. Um, and I do think this is going to be a steady, steadier fight, I should say. We're, we're both with Rob Font on this fight, and, and I'm excited to put money on Rob Font. That's for damn sure. The main event, though, is a type of fight where there's some disrespect with the number. You know, let's get real. Benil Dayush plus 245. You know, this guy was a fight away from fighting for a championship belt if he didn't get knocked out against Charles Oliveira. You know, he was that close to, to getting that title shot that he's always wanted. And now here he is again, another title eliminator type of fight. And he's fighting a guy in Armin Sarukian who's a good fighter. You know, he's a, he's a damn good fighter. Some people thought that he actually beat Matus Gamrot in 2022. You know, th this guy is, is very talented. And in my opinion, he gave Islam Makachev one of the toughest fights of his career in the UFC. But at the same time, the number is too disrespectful, in my opinion. Plus 245 for Benil Dariush is very, very hard to ignore. And we also saw Armin Sarukian, you know, in some drama at the Fighter Hotel earlier on Friday, talking about what the hell is going on, you know, to Bobby Green. Why are you talking all that shit? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the guy, you know, grabbed his neck, pushed him. Is his head on Benil Dariush or is it on Bobby Green? I don't know. You know, what are your thoughts on this main event? This is such a hard fight to pick, and you're absolutely right. This line, these numbers, they don't make sense. I don't think Sarukian should be a three-buck fave or higher um, because that's super disrespectful to Benil Dariush. But I will say I have no clue who's going to win here. However, um, when we see two fighters with such strong ground games, it usually calls for a slower paced fight. Um, so uh, honestly, the only bet that I'm looking at for this one is going to be it to go to decision at plus 110. And I think that's going to be really, really risky because both of these guys can finish. I mean, we've seen money come in on Armin Sarukian all week, and that is hard to ignore. And he's got such great pressure and good striking and good footwork for setups and just non-stop relentless like wrestling but that price is just too much and I, I really don't see a prop where i find value in armin as for dariush i mean why not i i a lot of my friends who who bet on ufc they're all taking benil dariush because that price is just too tempting to pass up he's such a highly respected fighter he's a hard hitter elite grappler and to your point earlier, he beat Gamrod, whose style is pretty identical to, to Sarukian. Also, a little nugget here, Benil Dariush is 6-1 and one straight up as an underdog, so you would be a fool to ignore Dariush as a plus-money dog, especially at plus 245. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I, I may stay away from a side here and just go for just a little tiny sprinkle of this fight to go to decision at plus 110. 
No, that's fun. I'm with I'm with you on the decision. Both these guys are durable, that's for sure. But I love that you just brought out that six and one, uh, you know, underdog number for Benil Daryush. I'm actually typing it in right now. Benil Daryush to win this fight. After all, you just told me how could I not pick D Benil Daryush? I was already leading with Daryush, but after what you just said, I'm definitely going with Daryush. And if we lose, we lose Minty because we are rolling with Minty bets. Let's go from Yahoo Sportsbook. Before we get her out of here, we got to get her NFL picks, whatever she wants to give us, because she is. An all-around player. She does the MMA. She does the F1. She does the football. Man, she's doing the whole damn thing. Let's go, Minty Betts. What are you saying? Your best bets for the gridiron on Sunday. I'll, th I'll give you one right now. My Atlanta Falcons are going to take care of business in New York. Let's go. Oh, okay. I thought about that game. I thought about that game. But I've only got two... I've only got one pick and then one one game I want to highlight. First, let's talk about the Lions and the Saints. I'm going with the Detroit Lions over 24 and a half points at minus 120. So this means the Lions themselves just need to score 25 points or more against the Saints. Now, I know New Orleans is allowing some of the fewest points per game, around 20 points per game. But the Lions have been averaging 31.3 points in just their last three games. So I can see this offense run all over the Saints as they are such an ugly team offensively and defensively, I feel like they haven't really been showing up lately. So there's one bet, Lions over 24 and a half. And then another game that I think everyone is pretty excited to watch is the 49ers at Eagles. Now the Niners are surprisingly a three point favorite, even though the Eagles have only lost one game all season. Uh, but this is a tough pick. We're seeing San Francisco's defense. They're allowing the fewest points from opposing teams. Both offenses are top five in scoring. In terms of strength of competition, I think the winner goes to Philly. I mean, they beat Miami, they beat Dallas, Kansas City, and Buffalo. And San Francisco has some notable blowout wins over Dallas, Jacksonville, and Seattle. But again, I think Philly really had the tougher test. So got to take the points with the home team here, even though the majority of money and bets, I'm talking like over 70% of bets and over 90% of money on the 49ers here. So my strong lean here is Eagles plus three, but I think I'm actually going to put money on uh, over 48 points here in this game. I think it could be a shootout. Oh, I like where your head's at. Honestly, hell yeah, Minty. I'm with you. I can't. Can you believe that the Eagles are an underdog at home? Crazy, crazy stuff. As if the San Francisco 49ers have won a championship with this group. Like, it's, it's crazy to me. And, and you know what? They're not even undefeated this season. We've seen Purdy, you know, not play well when Debo Samuel was out. I know that Debo Samuel is back in with the lineup, but again, you know, Purdy is not Tom Brady by any stretch. If that Philadelphia pass rush can get to Purdy, we know he's going to make some mistakes. And I'm all with you with the Lions game, actually, against the Saints. You know, to throw more, to throw more onto that game, because my Falcons played the Saints, Cam Jordan left that game a little banged up against the Falcons. And Cam Jordan is a big part of that Saints uh, defense. That's for damn sure. I'm, I'm sure he's still going to play but he's not going to be 100%. And also with the Saints, is Chris Olave going to play? He got a concussion against the Falcons. They also lost Rashid Shahid on, in, in the offense with the Saints as well. You know, the Saints are going into this game really, really banged up right now. And let's get real, man. This Saints team, they're on the verge of having a meltdown. They're this close to, to being outside of that playoff picture for real because if the Falcons win uh, in New York and the Saints lose at home on turf, Against a team like Detroit, who plays great on the turf, man, that's going to be a big time, uh, you know, a, a big time gap in a, in a in a bad division. But a two game lead in a bad division is pretty good, don't you? If you ask me, right? 
Yeah, not bad at all. And I have to say, the overall, this NFL season, has it been just weird to you? Like, I feel like there haven't been a ton of wowing teams. There's only like one good team in every division, and they're just like absolutely dominating, other than, of course, the sad NFC South and the AFC North is sad. And uh, what else? Like, there's so many bad divisions and so many bad teams, lots of good standout players. But in terms of betting, it's been so weird and unders have been a, a crazy trend and especially Monday night football unders are hitting like 12 and one to the under. Like it is, it's such a weird season to me. Oh, ha absolutely. It has been a weird season. A hundred percent. You know, there's, I like the parody. I, I do enjoy the parody of the league. You know what I mean? Not knowing what we're going to get. You can't just circle five teams to win every single weekend and feel pretty damn good about it. I feel like you could pick maybe two or three, but even that third pick, it's like, uh, are they really going to, you know, poop the bed right here? Because, yeah. you know, there's always some team that's like supposed to win and they lay an egg. Like you said, yeah. it's been a weird season. And how about Thursday night football? You know, how about the, the Seahawks, you know, coming in off a big time loss? And and then pretty much almost beating the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. But who cares about that? How about the amount of points that the Seahawks put up in Dallas? You know, a defense that nobody wants to play against, right? In Dallas. Oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't tell anyone, but I had the Seahawks team total under 19 and a half points. That was, I already counted it as a loss after the first quarter. They scored two touchdowns. So, yeah, the Seahawks are, are Geno Smith is just really underrated. And I love the Seahawks and I love watching them play. So I, I really hope they do well. And I'm actually glad they covered the spread, even though I did not have them plus nine, plus nine and a half, whatever it was against the Cowboys. But uh, it was a really, really fun game. And normally we are kind of, uh, we kind of don't like the primetime games because they've just been duds. I mean, I think next week's primetime game, what is it like Pittsburgh and it was Pittsburgh and, and uh, some random team that I can't even think about, but it was just a poor matchup. And I don't know. That was a really good game. So yeah, this whole season has really been just uh, the best way to put it, a parlay buster. Like you think the best teams are going to show up when they should show up and they don't and you put them in a parlay and it's always just the one team that does bad. Um, yeah, that's that's my NFL season in, in a nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? We still have a lot of more weeks of football left to go before the season is over. So I'm sure the comeback is going to get there for you, man. Every week is something different. But I want to thank you, Minty Best, for coming on. Hit the bell with me, Matias Barbella. And for everybody that needs to know more about Minty, go find her on Twitter at Minty Betts. She is with Yahoo Sports. And if you want to find her, go to the sports book at the Venetian, the Yahoo Sports book at the Venetian. She's always laying bets down there and making new fans. Minty, if you want to add anything else about where people could follow you, let it rip. We're all ears. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like Matias said, follow me on Twitter at MintyBets on Instagram, also at MintyBets. I post more personal things and I interact more with followers and, and friends on there. So if you really want to hit me up, just go on Instagram. Picks are going to be on Twitter. And uh, yeah, I also work for UFC. I'm on their uh, fight night broadcasts when it's located at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. So check me out on ESPN Plus for UFC fight nights. But until then, yeah. Hope to uh, talk to you guys soon and talk fights. And thanks for having me on, Matias. No, it's been a pleasure. Always a pleasure to have you on. And, and I take all the notes. I, I remember what you told me about Benil Dariush, 6-1 and one, as an underdog. And he's sitting at plus 240. Guys, she let that out. Don't forget, Minty Betts, Benil Dariush, let's go. All that and more. We'll be back with me, hit with me, Matias Bravo, on Hit the Bell. NFL picks from top to bottom coming up right after this. Y'all stay tuned. This is Hit the Bell with me, Matias Bravo, only on SportsGrid. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Hit the Bell with me, Matthias Burbell. Very, very big thank you to Minty Betts from Yahoo Sports for joining us on this episode today, man. We really, really got into the UFC F1. NFL. It's been a damn good time, but it's time. Without any further ado, it's time for my NFL picks. Week 13 from top to bottom. You know how we do it here on Hit the Bell. Man, let's roll, baby. And we're going to start at the top with my Atlanta Falcons on the road against the New York Jets. Minus two for the Falcons. Are you kidding me? Let's go. The Falcons are bringing that momentum in from beating the New Orleans Saints. The biggest rivalry in the NFL. <laughs> I just want to ruffle some feathers. But it's a big rivalry. And I'm not going to try to piss off everybody that's going to tell me, oh, what about this rivalry or that rivalry? It is what it is. The Saints and the Falcons, big time rivalry. If you win that game, you take that momentum into the next game. And lucky for the Falcons, they're playing the New York Jets. The New York Jets whose season is dissolving to the point where Aaron Rodgers is saying he's coming back from his torn Achilles less than, what, four months be after he after he tore it? Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. He's going to go out there, and he's going to get hurt again, and that's going to be the biggest regular New York Jets storyline there ever is, man. It's the Jets' way. It's the wrong way. And the Jets are losing in New York. Minus two Atlanta Falcons. We're taking it, and we're also taking the under. The under in the game is the play. The Falcons are winning. We move on. By the way, the Falcons are going to win the NFC South. Let's go. L.A. We're going to L.A. Where the Cleveland Browns are traveling to Los Angeles. Cross-country trip. The city of Los Angeles. Let's go. L.A. wins this game in L.A. Minus three and a half. We're taking it. Let's go, Rams. We're going to New England. Where the, the New England Patriots host the Los Angeles Chargers. 
the New England Patriots are tanking. They are done. After that last week where they lost to the New York Giants, where they played better than the New York Giants, and they still found a way to lose the game, the Patriots are done, guys. There's no way they play a good football game at home against the Chargers. Justin Herbert, they're 4-7. They need a big-time win, and they're lucky that they're playing the Patriots next because the Chargers are starting to reel as well. And if by some way, by some miracle, the New England Patriots beat the Los Angeles Chargers, Brendan Staley will be fired as the Los Angeles Chargers head coach. I don't even think he gets on the plane. I don't even think he gets to the airport, to tell you the truth. If the Chargers lose this game, Staley is out before he even leaves Gillette Stadium in New England. It'll be done in New England. So don't lose that game, Brendan Staley. Let's go. We move to Pittsburgh, where the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Arizona Cardinals. The Pittsburgh Steelers defense has been rolling. And there's no way I'm taking six points by any means. But when it comes to the Steelers, do I think that they win the game? Absolutely. But I definitely don't think that they're covering the six-point number. I think the Cardinals cover this number, but the Steelers win the game. Kyler Murray, be careful. And you better have eyes behind the back of your head because TJ Watt is coming for that body, man. He's coming for that quarterback, and he usually gets there. So that offensive line for, for the Cardinals... Better be ready to play a great game if they want to keep it close, and I think that they do. Cardinals plus the six is the play. We go to Tennessee where the Colts take on the Tennessee Titans. The four and seven Titans against the six and five Colts. Big time game coming up for the Indianapolis Colts, except it's in Tennessee, and Tennessee has been stellar at home. I'm taking the Titans to win this game and shake up that division even more, man. That division is fun right now. There are some good football teams in that division. I think the Titans are a decent football team. They're just not having a great year. I think the Colts are a decent football team. And, you know, they, they lost their quarterback. But it's still an exciting exciting team to watch play. They win games they're not supposed to. That's why they're 6-5. and five. But I think Derrick Henry is a big reason why the Titans win the game against the Indianapolis Colts. I think Derrick Henry is due up for a big-time game. I'm taking him to score a touchdown. I'm taking his over props. And, yeah, we're rolling with the Titans, baby. Also, no Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. He has thumb surgery this week. He will be out for the unforeseen future. And Zach Moss is now the lead running back with the Colts yet again. Man, it's fun to see Taylor run the football with the Colts. And he was getting into rhythm. You could tell that the offense flows so much better when he is, you know, running wild. You know, this guy is very, very good. So I think the Colts will definitely miss his presence against the Titans this Sunday. We go to Houston where the Houston Texans take on the Denver Broncos. Houston 6-5, the Broncos 6-5. What, the, have the Broncos won six games in a row, I believe? Am I wrong? Let's see. One, two, three, four, six games in a row, the Broncos. But man, they're taking on the Texans team who just lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars at home last week. It was a tremendous game. A tremendous game. And, and honestly, uh, it was so close to going to overtime. I think that Stroud made a bad decision at the end of the game uh, in that game last week. I thought he could have ran for about four to five yards and, and gave their kicker, a backup kicker, Amadola. I think that, I think he could have gave him a, a shorter kick. And the fact that that kick literally missed by a yard, it, it went to tell me that Stroud should have actually snuck it in for five more yards rather than go for a big home run 15 to 25 yard pass down the field, which he did not find. And there wasn't enough time for the Texans to get off another play to get an extra five yards in, in a moment where, where you need five more yards. You know, a 59-yard kick for Amadola was just too deep 
especially for a guy who missed his only field goal, you know, the only only three-point field goal, you know, in the game right before halftime. The Texans, you know, they very well could be at 7-5 and five in a tight division race with the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. This is, a, this is a badass football game right here. It's going to be an exciting football game. And I think I'm going to go with the Texans. Strictly because I think they understand that they need to win this game at home. Denver, they've been winning for six straight weeks. You know, they, they're, in, they're in a movement. You know, they, they're rolling right now. They, they're all believing in that locker room. Sean Payton has that team believing. But at the same time, you don't have uh, Stroud. You don't have CJ Stroud. You don't have Tank Dell. You don't have Nico Collins. You know, and, my, and, and Singletary... The running back for the Texans, he's been playing some damn good football this year. You know, a lot better than what we saw with, when he was with the Buffalo Bills. You know, so I think this Texans team has a damn good game. And I'm taking the over. I think that there will be a lot of points in this game. And, and it kind of sucks for me on a side note because I, I'm going up against C.J. Stroud in fantasy this week. And I, and I think he throws for at least three to four touchdowns. So expect a big-time game from C.J. Stroud. I'm definitely taking the over uh, 290 yards uh, for, for C.J. Stroud. I'm taking also over two and a half touchdowns thrown for C.J. Stroud. I think the Texans dance. Let's keep going down the line because these picks are getting hot, baby. We're going to New Orleans where Minty Betts already told us he's taking the over 24 and a half points for the Detroit Lions. And I think the Detroit Lions also win this game by more than four and a half points. I think the Saints are about to drop down a cliff right now, to tell you the truth. Uh, Olave is fighting to get back to the to the active roster after a concussion. And they said that he's practiced all week, but he hasn't passed the concussion protocol just yet. And let's not get this twisted, guys. That guy had a major concussion against the Falcons. You know, you, you can tell that when he landed on his head you know, on the out-of-bounds catch that he was not okay. You know, this, this wasn't a minor type of head injury that he had this past Sunday. So I'm putting a big-time question mark for Olave in this game. Also, Cam Jordan left the game early against the Falcons. He was a little banged up. That's the leader That's the leader of that defense over there in New Orleans. So, you know, and, and the Lions on turf, indoors, they're even better than, than when they play outdoors. I think we all know that. So I think the Lions roll in New Orleans. Screw the Saints. We go to Washington where the Washington Commanders take on a hot Miami Dolphins team. Tua Tungle by Loa. And the Miami Dolphins just appeared on that prime video. The in-season hard knocks, I guess you can say. You know, it's not hard knocks because there's no cuts. So this is actual an actual in-season type, type of uh, documentary that Prime Amazon Prime is doing with the Miami Dolphins. And, I, and I've been locked in. And we're about to catch Tua Tango-Vailoa with the, with the cornrows. You know, he, he's done the whole entire new haircut thing. And, and I got to say, I've, I've been following Tua Tango-Vailoa since high school when I lived in, on Hawaii. And, and the one thing I can tell you about this kid is that he has grown up into a man's man. You know, you, you could just tell that the game is moving slower for him. He's having fun again. You know, he's very respected around the league. I think he tears it up against Washington this Sunday. I think Tyreek Hill has a big game. I think Jalen Waldo has a big game. Mostert's coming back to have another big game. But A-Chan, A-Chan is back in the lineup. And when you have that type of speed, you know, in that lineup, it, it only becomes more deadly, in my opinion. And Washington, they're starting to reel, man. Washington has lost some games lately. Man, when's the last time that Washington actually won a game? They haven't won a game in three weeks. They're 0-3. They lost to the Seahawks, they lost to the Giants, and they lost to the Cowboys in the last three weeks. They beat the Patriots. 
uh, obviously. November 5th. But besides that, man, they have been reeling. They've lost, what, five out of the last six games. And it's not going to get any better for them in Miami. I mean, excuse me, in Washington against Miami. We're taking Miami minus nine and a half. And we're also taking the over in points. I think there's going to be a lot of points in this game. We go to Tampa Bay where the Buccaneers host the Carolina Panthers. Carolina just fired their head coach, Frank Reich. They're having a terrible season at 1-10. They want to tank. They want to try to get the best player available in the draft. They have Bryce Young, who they drafted uh, last in last year's draft. But man, I got to say, with the year that they're having and with the quarterbacks that, that, that are coming out in this year's draft, man, th- it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that they might even want to trade Bryce, Bryce Young and go after you know, a Caleb Williams coming up in this year's uh, college football NFL draft, man. Like, straight up. This NFL draft coming up this year is very quarterback heavy. So so there might be some crazy things coming up in the offseason with these teams that are not doing very well. But we're taking the, the Buccaneers at minus five at home against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, my favorite play of this game, though, is, is Mike Evans to score a touchdown in this game. Mike Evans has been rolling. And Baker Mayfield, he understands who he needs to throw the ball to, and that is Mike Evans. That's why he's been having a stellar season in the red zone, in the middle of the field. It doesn't matter. Mike Evans has great hands, and he understands how to get open. And when I know that the player is having a great season like that and he's in rhythm with his quarterback, expect another big game. You know, Baker Mayfield has made Mike Evans the clear-cut number one receiver on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's something that, that, has, that we haven't seen, I guess you can say, lately. In, in, in the last few years with Brady, who, who loved to move the ball around. You know, Godwin got into it. Mike Evans got into it. Fournette was, was getting the ball, get it going out of the backfield. But now, what do we see a lot of? We see a lot of Rasheed White, and we see a lot of Mike Evans. So we're going to continue the trend with Mike Evans, baby. Mike Evans has scored a touchdown. Mike, Mike Evans over receptions. And Mike Evans over yards. Let's go. The game of the week, we have arrived. The Philadelphia Eagles against the San Francisco 49ers. Like Minty told you guys uh, previously, we're rolling with the Eagles, baby. And we're taking the three points. We're taking the three points. Uh, I don't want to take the money line because it's going to be a tight game. You know, it's going to go down to the last possession. So with that being said, I'm taking the Eagles plus the three points. And I'm not going to get greedy. I'm also taking Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown. I'm taking A.J. Brown over receiving yards and over receptions considering he didn't have the greatest game of his life uh, against Buffalo last week. I think he rebounds and he has a big-time game against the San Francisco 49ers at home. Uh, I, I'm, once again, it's down the game day. I'm probably going to bet the Eagles' money line as well because it's just a fun game that you want to have action on. So let's go, baby. We're rolling with Philadelphia. Fly, Eagles, fly. Let's go. Monday Night Football, the final game. The Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville host the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals team that I gave way too much credit for last week when they were in Pittsburgh. and Excuse me, when they were playing Pittsburgh in Cincinnati. And by no means am I going to make the same mistake twice. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going to have a great game on Monday night against the Bengals. And I'm taking the over in points. I think that eight and a half points is too many, especially on a primetime game where the Bengals just might play their best game of the season. But with that being said, the Jaguars are going to win this game and they're going to score some points. So we're taking the over with the points, and we're taking the Jaguars to win the game money line 
and I might, I'm probably going to put that in some parlays because the Jaguars and this team stands right now at eight and three, and they have been rolling. You know that whole team is starting to believe right now. Calvin Ridley is, has been playing great lately. The last two games, we have seen a, a Ridley that we pretty much haven't seen all season long. Uh, let's not count the first game of the season where, where Calvin Ridley had, had a pretty big game. But after that, you know, he just fell off a cliff. You know, it's pretty much been Zay Jones and and uh, and, um, and 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 Christian Kirk over there in Jacksonville consistently. And now we've seen we've seen a lot of noise from Calvin Ridley. So I expect Ridley to keep it going. I expect Etienne to have a big game. I'm actually taking Etienne over receptions. I'm also taking Etienne to score a touchdown. And we're taking Calvin Ridley to score a touchdown as well. And we're going to have a damn good time with this Monday Night Football game coming up. And with this entire Week 13 slate of NFL football games. Let's dance, baby. Woo! Those have been my Week 13 NFL picks. And again, I want to give a big time thank you to Minty Betts for joining Hit the Bell this week. We talked F1. She gave us some of her best picks for NFL Week 13. But best, the best yet was UFC Austin. We broke down UFC Austin. We got into the main event, the co-main event, and the third co-main event. Because this event right now, guys, from top to bottom, is violent. It's a violent card. And I, and, and I, and I tell you guys to check this card out from top to bottom. Don't show up for the main event. Show up for the prelims. Literally, show up for the prelims because this is the type of fight card that is every fight is going to be badass. You know, from Jamie Lynn Horth against Veronica Hardy, the first fight of the night, to Wellington Terman, Jared Gordon, Rodolfo Bellato, Ihor Potato. And then we're going to get to Puna Hella Soriano. That's right, Puna Soriano, baby. The Hawaiian punch. You know he's ready to jump in the octagon. So check out his fight against Dustin Stolfus. Check out my boy Puna Soriano. He's going to be on Hit the Bell coming up shortly, guys. So I can't wait to talk to him about what happens in this fight. I'm pretty sure he's going to get a knockout. And I'm pretty sure we're going to talk all about it next week on Hit the Bell. We will be back next week. More UFC talk, more NFL picks, more banter with my guests, all that and more. This has been Hit the Bell with me. It's Bell. You are listening to Hit the Bell with Matthias Burbell on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Out here in the fields. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.